Hey everybody, welcome back to the Red Kite Show. Today we've, we've got me, Abril, Johan and James on the mic. How are y'all? Uh, I'm good, thank you, Abril. I'm good, thank you, Abril. So, Johan, would you like to tell us what we will be doing today? Um, so, today we'll have a couple of songs, um, some disabled, a disabled table recap of what they're going to be doing, a um, couple of interviews, um, uh, just a whole load of fun. Also, tonight at 7.30pm till 9pm, there will be the Climbing Climate Action Seacroft Group uh, for their first ever community forum. And uh, there will be food, there will be arts, there will be poems and many stalls. So feel free to come down and, uh, yeah, make yourself welcome. And uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to go around the table right now. And, uh, Abril, would you like to tell me what you've been doing this week? Uh, I've just been, you know, doing music things. You know, I'm in a band, so we kind of just like rehearsing up. And it's going really good so far. Um, we've known each other for a long time and it's actually going really well. What about you? What have you been doing? Uh, so this week, uh, I've not been doing much apart from college work and uh, just catching up on some stuff because I've got some mocks coming up and uh, not too much really. What about you? Well, I've just been going to school, done a couple of assessments and tests, um, gaming. The usual, eh? Yeah. So... Um, I think it's time for a song, guys. Is that right? Yeah. So first we've got a song by Callum. And I, I didn't ask him why he chose this, but uh, he seemed to like the idea of this song. So it's Boom by X Ambassadors, I believe. So I'm, I'm just going to cue that song up real quick. <laughs> okay, uh... By the looks of it, the song does not exist on Spotify, unfortunately, Callum. Oh. So I'm just going to head to a, a local song. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll head into a local song now. Oh, 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 oh,
So, as promised, folk, I uh, I couldn't find the song a minute ago, but uh, I seem to have located it, Callum. Stay calm. I have found the song. So we're going to play the song before we carry on. So here is Boom by the Ex-Ambassadors. Walking away from you That's what I'm gonna do I got the same old shoes With a new attitude Why would I sing the blues For you Welcome back to ELFM. Uh, today I have Toby with me and we're going to be interviewing Joe Warrior, who has organised yeah. yeah. an event where disabled performers So last Friday, well, the 4th of February, it was the Disabled Table Showcase and for those of you who like, don't really know about the show, it's basically like a show where we talk about um like we have like stories and like anything important in the disability community is talked about. And I had the show with this someone else called Harry who unfortunately isn't here today. So hi if you're listening. So the Disabled Table Showcase was specifically to basically shine a light on the talent 
uh, of various disabled artists and acts at the chapel. Um, what was the underlying inspiration for you to go like, we've got the disabled table, it's a great show. What made you think we're going to make an event out of this as well, Joaria? Well, uh, this is quite an interesting thing. So basically, it all started after our second, after we did the second interview for the second show with them, someone called Sam Judd, who is a disabled comedian. And at first, we were just talking about doing um, a comedy event with him and Harry because he does like a lot of comedy stuff. He's starting to get into that disabled comedy as well, which is something quite interesting. And it's probably one of the things that like I was thinking more about about the whole event. <clears throat> and then. As the second show was like happening, we thought, okay, we need to like make this like, an event where we just showcase like different like disabled talent. So we had like poets, music, um, comedians, and we also had um, uh, Jill Crawshaw, uh, from Disrupt, um, talk, like, which is um, like a collective of disabled artists like trying to disrupt the barriers, and um, like we had um, her talk about. Um, that as well and um, that was also spoken about on the disabled table Christmas if you want to go back and listen to that well how hard was it in organising this event as in finding the performance Um, <clears throat> I don't think it was really like that hard because um, one of the people that performed is someone I've known for a really long time so I asked her and you'll hear one of the performances later and then Henry found um, the two poets that we had and then um, we had Sam who we interviewed before and then Harry did a comedy bit so yeah it wasn't really that hard to find it. So I'm interested in, in what you were saying about disabled comedy um, how would you describe disabled comedy is is it a specific genre like does it have different notes to it or is it just generally trying to showcase and shine a light on the fact that there are people who happen to be disabled that are actually doing lots of great stuff and it, it's good to shine a light on it or is there a, a specific tone to it i feel like it's basically to show that like you can make certain jokes about your disability it's mm-hmm. not all that bad because if you think about it, like, there's times when, like, zero people make a joke about their disability and there'll be people that laugh and then people like, oh, you shouldn't laugh at that, they're, they're disabled. When it's like, if the joke is made by someone with a disability, then it's okay to laugh at it. Yeah. Um, why do you think it's important that disabled people are able to show off their talents? Because um, it's, I think it's really important because um, we're always like talked down for being less, and like yeah, we're always like talked down for being less, and uh, practically having to prove ourselves. And I feel like it's just important because um, like people need to like be like represented, we need more representation in the media. And uh, you can, and I really do recommend you do check out The Disabled Table on the ELFM website. It is a great show, as I'm sure Juaria, being the host of it, uh, would attest. Um, the other thing I, uh, I wanted to ask was, how, how would you judge, at the present time, the, the state of play in the creative industry, so music, comedy, all the rest, how would you judge the state of play for disabled people? Do you think they're still being marginalised? How big an issue do you think it is to get the same opportunities? Um, I think it. I, I think well, there's not really enough representation, and I feel like not a lot of people are being given opportunities. Uh, this actually leads to something that I wanted to bring to this show, 
and find them getting a chance to do it. So I don't know if any of you have heard about this film called Music that was released last year, I think. Um, it was done by Sia and one of the characters in the film was actually autistic and there was an autistic person playing the character. However, she was fired because um, that she couldn't handle the environment. So then they had um, someone who isn't autistic playing the character. Which would speak to like a lack of understanding on the set of how to deal with it, right? Yeah. And also, like, because um, to basically, like, it's important to have a disabled like, person playing the character of a disabled person because they know themselves better than anyone else. And, like, they know how to play the character and they, they know, like, about their disability better than anyone else would. So, coming back to the show, what would you say your favourite part of it was? I think it was just all... I can't really pick a favourite part because it was just all just like a really good experience, like getting to do something like this, something I've never done before. Um, would you like to do any more of this in the future? Definitely. But I feel like because um, the acts that we had this time were that just Leeds-based people and um, <clears throat> I feel like we need to like, go a bit more out of Leeds, maybe bring back a couple of the other guests that we interviewed. Okay. So thank you, Joaria, for that. It was really good to to hear about that. Uh, Coming up later on on the show, we have Home From Home. We have an interview with Jenny Brooks as well, talking about climate action, Seacroft, among other things. Thank you, Stephen, my excellent co-interviewer there. Thank you, Joaria, for talking to us about that. Uh, We're going to play a performance now, right? Is that the plan? Yeah. Excellent. So this is uh, Kerpa Sawali, Rise. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to say about this performance before we play it? Uh... Not really, it was just um, a great performance, and like all of them. Brilliant. Let's have a listen to it. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Red Kite here on East Leeds FM. My name is Sam Armitage. I'm joined in the studio with James, Izzy, and our very special guest, uh, someone who's been around the chapel for uh, the last month of 2021 recording a multimedia kind of article thing, and we're going to learn a little bit more about it. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So we here at East Leeds FM, we, we hit you with the, the hard-hitting questions, the ones <laughs> that provide with providers with the most knowledge and the best answers so my first question to you is what is your favorite sandwich filling <laughs> um oh god good question um well at the start of lockdown i set myself a challenge of being vegetarian right and i like used to eat meat and nothing else and then but i used to love um pulled beef like pulled beef sandwiches and pulled pork sandwiches and stuff learned that jackfruit basically replaces that perfectly with a bit of gravy so i would say yeah jackfruit pulled jackfruit Nice one. Well, gonna get that. That's a silly question out of the way. Let's actually uh, get get talking about what you've been up to on this last uh, few months. But um, before we got get through all that, um, who actually inspired you to do what you do uh, today? Um, oh, uh, loads loads of different people. To be fair, so what I'd like to be in like a few years time is is like an on screen journalist, or somebody who's like traveling the world and you know documenting some some weird and crazy stuff that's happening all around the world. Um, so like the likes of Louis Theroux and Stacey Dooley, um, you know, Simon Reeve, all like, you know, um, just on-screen journalists who are just really interesting people, basically, yeah. So definitely them three. So, Tom, uh, one thing we didn't actually mention was where did you start and what was the first thing you did with arts? Yeah, so I used to be um, really interested in musical theatre and um, I used to want to be 
um, on stage and you know in, in in the West End, but I never had the confidence for it. So I jumped into sort of like the tech instead, and then realised that I really liked cameras and filming and photography and stuff. Um, so through that, uh, you know, I got in, involved in some like film and TV at uh, my local college at Barnsley, and from there got into journalism and started documenting kind of um, you know issues that were around me and like interesting stuff that are in the community around me. And then yeah, that's kind of where I am now. Yeah. Um, so would you like to <clears throat> tell us a little bit of what you've done in the chapel recently? of what, what's, what's gone on and what you've been doing. Yeah, so I was really kindly invited by Tony and Katie to um, document the uh, Good To Go celebrations in September, which is when the chapel, like, reopened. And, I mean, I didn't see the chapel before that, but, like, seeing it now, it's incredible. And then seeing some photographs of before the renovations and stuff, it's, like, completely different. Um, so I was invited by Tony to come and do some photography then in September. And then um, through that, started to build a, you know, relationships with, with Katie and Tony. And then um, my tutor, who also used to sort of do some work here, um, she said, you know, it'd be really cool for you to spend a bit of time there and document some of the amazing work that they're doing there. Um, so in November 2021, I had a meeting with Katie who said, basically, just come and live here for a month and then, you know, um, just start filming and photographing what, what they're doing. And then, yeah, that month absolutely flew by. I had something like... 30 hours worth of footage to try and sit through and, and sift through and it was you know I had to buy a new hard drive because there was so much stuff that I had photographed and filmed um, but uh, yeah that's that's kind of you know how that month kind of went. How did you choose what made the final cut what how did you decide <laughs> what was good picture what was bad picture? I think when you like um, you, you can't kind of obviously put 30 hours worth of raw stuff forward because I mean it take way too much time and people get you know bored as, as in, like, interesting it was you know there's so much stuff um, so uh, I think you've just got to be ruthless and kind of think about some of the key aspects of what Chapel FM is about and kind of see what footage and what images and you know what like how that matches with, with what the ethos of Chapel FM is and then I think you can kind of start to whittle away um, and also trying to create a story as well um, you know you've got to sort of think is this kind of adding to that story and if it isn't then it just gets cut, um, you know. And yeah, I think so much of it didn't even enter like premiere because it was just like, you know, I don't even have time to, to, to think about that. But yeah, it was um, ruthless cutting. Was this place like your expectation of when you came here? So at the end of your month of being here, did you, is it exactly what you expected or were you shocked by the things that was here and the things available? I sort of knew um, a little bit about the work before, before coming here. Um, but what my tutor was like, she was like, yeah, it's just a, you know, it's an art center. And, you know, so I was thinking that sounds cool and everything. It'd be cool to spend a bit of time there. But literally within sort of about a week of, of being here, it's kind of, it shows just how important Chapel FM is to Seacroft, LS14, you know, the local like surrounding community. I think I read something that said that um, funding to youth um, arts and stuff and funding to youth uh, services has dropped by 70% in the last 10 years. Um, so, spending time here even just with you know the next gen group um in and amongst with other stuff it was incredible to see just how important that like is and you know like i don't have anything like this where where i'm from um but i know that if i had something like this even now you know i'd, I'd be there sort of every day and i think it's really important um so yeah i think my vision of chapel fm changed over that month um mainly to see like how much stuff's going off like it's incredible like it's crazy as to like the schedule is just so full um, and I don't think that's something that I expected like when I walked through them doors, you know. What's been your uh, your favourite part about coming here and uh, filming and taking pictures? Um, chapel? Probably the diversity of, of the place, you know, like one minute you've got obviously the next gen group in, 
then the following day you've got you know 14 kind of um older people singing and having a right time and then you know then the next day you've got an open mic and then at the end of the month it was like the musicathon and it was incredible and um but i think if i had to like pick a certain time that i enjoyed probably the most it probably would have been the musicathon because it was just like you know so many people just dedicated to this one cause that was you know we've got this musicathon over 24 hours and we're all just going to do it and i think being part of that was incredible walking back in at like five o'clock in the morning seeing katie walk around with bacon sandwiches and handing them to people was hilarious and i think yeah it was it was a really interesting you know experience so what time uh, were you at the musicathon from so i'm guessing you weren't there for the full time right i wanted to be but no you wanted I... to be. So, like, what time <laughs> did you actually how long were you there anyway so i i got here it started at three didn't it, on the saturday yeah um i got here about probably about half past one and um, start like documenting kind of like the setting up and stuff and people coming into the building and then it got to about six or seven o'clock where I thought because like my drive home is probably about 45 minutes so I thought if I can get home at about half past six seven o'clock I've got probably about three or four hours sleep before I can get back here again for about sort of four or five o'clock and, and I managed that so yeah I think I got here for about half past one on the first day um got home for about seven ish had a you know quick bite to eat got to sleep and then got back here again for six o'clock like the following morning and then stayed through um, like the rest of the experience, but I don't know how Elliot stayed like there he for don't, thirty know plus hours. It, yeah. It's incredible. Plenty of practice over the years. <laughs> yeah, and Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we saw your uh, amazing final production earlier. It's really great what you've done, and I was featured in it like a lot, <laughs> which is great. Um, but um, what are your plans for the future? Like now you've done this project. Uh, I heard you are finishing uni pretty soon. But mm-hmm. do you plan to do anything on your own and follow? On with this stuff yeah so i mean i've got to publish that article first of all yeah. so I've, I've you know i've got to work with with katie to, to do some of that um i've just been in madrid for a month and uh, film a documentary about um europe's largest informal settlement so i've got about to be fair only about nine hours of, of, of footage from there um so i've got to sit through that i've got a, an interpreter currently sitting through the footage because it's all in spanish and i don't speak a word of spanish so um i'm waiting for her to sort of send me the transcripts back for the interviews and then i can get edited on with that um but yeah, and then it's like we've got a final year showcase thing at university, and once that's done, it's kind of like into the big crazy world. So I think I'll probably spend a year trying to get work, and then if nothing else sort of happens, then probably fall back on a masters or something. <laughs> but so, what kind of issue are you looking to document next? Have you got a plan, or are you just going to wing it and see what happens? Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Kind of the world changes obviously day by day. Mm. Um, we'll you know. Um, yeah, it, there's always stuff going off. There's always problems happening. Um, a plan that I did have uh, was uh, I wanted, back when I first started uni, I wanted to spend a f- couple of months in Rio, in the favelas of Rio, because um, there's like journalists out there who are persecuted from both like um, drug cartels, but also the police. Um, so I wanted to spend a bit of time with them. So I'll probably try and save up a bit of money and, and get out to Rio. Um, but on the very short term, there's um, some protests coming up down in London. So I'm probably going to head down there and, and document some of those um, in the meantime. Yeah, good good luck with that, and uh, we've been very lucky to have you uh, over the over the last few months uh, documenting the chapel. Uh, so before uh, before we leave, uh, we're gonna ask you one final question, and that is, have you got a song that you want to play uh, later today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, loads of different ones, but probably um, uh, one of my favorite bands have just released a new single uh, a couple of months ago called um, uh, "Won't Stand Down" um, by Muse. Um, so probably that. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure spending uh, last year, last month with you. I uh, saw you most days, really, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's been good to see you again, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank That's you very much. I'm being back. Thank you. Thank you. Can you believe that 
Hi, we're back here at ELFM. Here with Sam behind the desk, James, uh, Abril, Abril, and Tony. Hello. Who's, who's going to introduce something for us? Yes, we're going to hear a song in just a moment. But before we hear the song, I'm just going to explain why we're listening to this particular song. So, we're going to have a conversation a bit about one, a big project that we're hatching at Chapel FM, but it's about the idea of home from home and what makes a place a home from home right now our studio is home from home for a couple of flies so but the idea is right 
if some places, if you say some places home from home, actually, I didn't know that phrase in the United States because we don't use that phrase. But do other people, if you say some places like home from home, is, is what's the? Of, is it kind of like saying that if places that aren't really like home, like your own house or your room or something that you relate to, kind of like feels like home, has that same like aroma like home? Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's what I've I've been told at least by by. British language speaking people that that's what it means mm -hmm. but and that means so basically like the idea is what are places where people feel like they can go and just like unexpected things can happen and you're cozy and you're comfortable enough to like express your ideas express yourself and what it means to make those kind of places so after the song we're going to talk about that but this song is both about the idea of home but it also is about the idea of climate so it kind of mixes climate as well so I think there's a video that goes with it too. So this is about uh, one guy's view. I don't necessarily I agree with this view, but it's an interesting start for the conversation. So here's the song. I think it's called Lonesome Friends of Science, and it's got a cartoon that goes with it. So if you're listening on the radio, you can search for it online and watch the video too. Lonesome friends of science say The world will end most any day Well, if it does, then that's okay Cause I don't live here anyway I live down deep inside my head Where long ago I made my bed I get my mail in Tennessee My wife, my dog, and my family Uh-huh Now, poor planet Pluto now, he never stood a chance, no how. When he got uninvited to the interplanetary dance, once a mighty planet there, now just an ordinary star, hanging out in Hollywood, in some old funky sushi bar. The lonesome friends of science say The world will end most any day Well, if it does, then that's okay Cause I don't live here anyway I live down deep inside my head Where long ago I made my bed I get my mail in Tennessee My wife, my dog, and my kids and me Uh-huh All right, so that was a little song about some guy making his home inside his head, but that's not the approach here at Chapel FM. We're talking about making home, home from home in other places. So, so I just wanted to start just by asking you all. So first of all, apart from the chapel, which I don't know, well, would you consider a chapel a home, home from home? Do you feel like it's home from home in the sense that when you come, come into this place that you can just kind of like be yourself, do what you want? make things happen, eat as many biscuits as you want? <laughs> well, Hopefully. I, think, I think that's uh, for every, a lot of people here. like to eat a lot of biscuits, don't they? But um, for me, yeah, I think this is my home from home because, uh, you know, I come here, I feel very comfortable. I can do what I like doing. I love the radio. I love to be involved in presenting. 
so and I don't really get to do that anywhere else. I mean, I could do it at home, but you come in here, it's a proper setup, and you feel comfortable. You feel like it's the right environment. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, like, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it's it's a comfortable place to come and yeah, enjoy yourself. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, we could do most things here. You don't really get the proper opportunity. Maybe most places, especially around Leeds, so like this place is where like people can go for like music, radio, you know, poems and that, and then feel like comfortable as they do. And I really like it. And I even think about like the studios. It's funny, like when people first come into the radio studio, like they're always really nervous because it's like, oh, it's a radio studio. There's microphones. I'm going to be in the radio. But after you've been in for a while, I don't know, Johan, do you feel like the radio studio, does it feel like home from home space um, to you yeah or do you still feel nervous when you come um, into the studio i feel a little bit nervous knowing that i'm probably going to be speaking in front of a lot of people yeah but the thing is um it's just very inviting community they're not judging you or anything so it's just a really nice atmosphere so so i definitely feel like i could be wrong but i feel like when i come here it's like almost like my second home first of all i probably spend more time here than i do at my real home but we're also one of the things that we're kind of interested in, we've been thinking about for a while, is like why there aren't more places in the world or in society or in like Lee or like they can be like home from home spaces. I don't know. Does anyone else have like other places you feel like that's a home from home or are they hard to find? I I think I think it's uh, you have to go there quite a bit or be in that area quite a long time. You know, you have to be going there. So like for me, I've been coming here for quite a while now and. It's still become more and more home from home for me. But I think another place is, and it sounds very weird, but whenever I'm in my car, very yeah. strange, but I quite like the car. I think transportation and, and it's quite totally home. You know, you relax, yeah. you put music on, and yeah. uh, I think it's quite chill. It sounds very weird, I think, but <laughs> I really like being in the car and traveling places. I quite like the traveling between more than I actually do being at the locations. But Totally, yeah. I can relate. Yeah. Well, I feel like I take the bus most days, and the number four, the front of the number four bus is definitely like another home from home space because <laughs> I can like relax, read, listen to radio, eat some food, drink some tea. Although yesterday on the bus it was like a disco in the morning. Oh, I can say it was, it was quite quite crazy. How about Avril, did you have any home from home places? I don't, I just, like yeah, you have to go, you have to be in that place I think a lot to like know that it's your like from home from home. So like as you know, same with James, I've been here a lot so it's kind of, I'm, you know, becoming more comfortable. But I can't agree with the car thing. I don't know why. I just like. Totally. It's just I'm just in my car and just you know going to school or like whatever. I don't. I mean I could get what you mean, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I maybe have anywhere else that I can think of off the top of my head. So I don't know. And Johan, when you walk um, through the doors of Chapel FM and everyone's like, Johan's here. People know your name. <laughs> they know what you want, right? Is that part of it? Where, where's any other home from home um, places? You that's got something too. Like my friends house because they usually. Um, was like it's sort of like my home, but a better because they also also my friends there, so I have someone to talk to, laugh with. Yeah. Um. It's just there. They like. It's just a nice place to be when you're sort of alone or bored during the weekend, and also like there's this place in the woods where me and my friend would you friends would go usually after school to record some like videos really okay well that's idea is really interesting too like can wild spaces be home from home places so in the woods is an interesting one uh and what is it about the woods what do you like about being there um it's just like it just seems um it's really quiet there's like some pit places 
that are just sort of like hidden amongst it and it's like sort of like a good space to record because there's not really anyone walking through it yeah and um, it's kind of your your secret place and the idea of the hidden home from home is, is a good one too yeah so um well in a bit we're going to talk about so there's a project i'll start i'll start by telling you a little bit about the project and then i think we're going to hear a little bit of music halfway through and then come back in um but one of the things that's going to start happening at Chapel FM is we're going to do, um, first of all, we haven't made a big theater production in a long time around here. So at the end of this year, we're going to do some kind of big, slightly crazy theater production. Or actually, we're thinking of calling it a radio cabaret. And the idea is it's like a radio show slash theater production. But it's going to start, we're going to spend like the next few months going all around Leeds and East Leeds and to asking people like, what's your kind of secret or your personal home from home space that people might not know about. And we're going to hopefully find like some, some weird ones, some unexpected ones, some funny ones, and then like get the stories about what makes a place a home from home space. So in other words, like what kind of people do you meet there? What things happen there? Um, but hopefully discover ones that none of us have ever heard of before places, just like there's tons of people that don't know about chapel. But then eventually as the year goes on, we're going to use radio music and writing. And we're going to take, the best of those stories and make some kind of who knows what it's going to look like some kind of big theater type production uh, that lots of people can be involved in that might be like some stories might turn into songs some home from home stories might turn into like bits of theater some might be just soundscapes some might be radio documentary bits so that's idea so but this idea of home from home spaces. Before before we go into a break of music, just any any questions on that so far? This is still an idea in like the early. We haven't even announced it publicly until right now on the radio, the home from home, radio cabaret project. But just curious, thoughts or ideas on that before we do some music. Um, I don't have any questions, but I I like I was I forgot to say at the start that uh, none of us actually knew about it at first. It's it's like yeah. a surprise to us. Yeah, I know that's so. that's part of it. This yeah, is so like it's, we're just it's like to, starting. We're, we're learning, actually going to yeah. do something later next month where we start talking about it to other yeah. people. Um, I've also got some things about how we're going to get stories, but yeah, but any other home from home thoughts? But if you think of other examples of interesting ideas of of places that are like people's. It's home away from home, home from homes. Maybe We're like looking for him. Maybe I'm thinking like, what if like some people they could have it as a pet? If you get what I mean, because this might not be necessarily at home, but if they have some like pet or some like animal, maybe like a cat or a horse, if they have a farm or whatever, that like makes them feel like home. Maybe that could be something like. Cool. I think that would be riding a horse, walking a dog. Uh, what do you do with a cat? You can't do either with a cat, but hanging out with a cat, <laughs> flying, flying, flying a falcon. That's a playing sport, maybe. Um, <laughs> sport totally no I think sport like being like a, the sport team or like the place you play the home from home space totally um, Elliot asked an interesting question a couple of days ago he's like can a virtual space like a video game count as a home from home space and that's an interesting one we haven't decided if that works or not I think so I yeah. would say I would say especially if it's like you're playing with other people people then it becomes more there's that social if thing it's like on. if it's like an open world maybe that's what um, i was thinking yeah so yeah. you know you're kind of like immersed into something i'm not saying virtual reality maybe but virtual reality could be an example of that you know if you're immersed in something that isn't home um yeah. you know you could probably think that as home how about a band you have a band right mm -hmm, what's your yeah. band name we're or are you in between names now? yeah we're kind of in between names yeah. at the moment yeah would you say when you're with your band is it like 
the home from home vibe to use henry's word going on um well yeah because we've been together i mean as i said they've been together more longer than i have because they were like together um and then i kind of joined in okay. and it's like a nice place like we meet like once a week and then if it's like in the half term there's no sessions going on so then we like meet up in like someone's house or whatever to like practice or whatever and it's like a nice place because you like we have laugh like it's not fully like professional we have our own like like jokes and our own kind of thing and it's really nice to be honest because we can focus on the music and then have fun at the same time so it's yeah. actually really nice it's like a like a close like i mean i think thing. the idea of like bands hanging out and like rehearsing and like just the dialogue and the conversations and the stuff that goes on is totally like that's its own energy that you don't find mm. uh, other places has anyone else been in a band no no, no, <laughs> no. Well, we have Avril, who will be our life in a band, a band as a home from home expert. All right, I think we'll do a bit of music and then come back for more conversation. I can't tell if our, if our fearless producer, if we're over time or not, but I think we're just about ready for the next song, which I think is called Home. It is. Holla. By Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. You're there. That links well.
Live on Red Kite, we're unveiling this new Chapel FM project. It's all about asking people questions. We don't know if we're going to call it Home From Home or something else, but the idea is, like, are there places in the world where you can go and walk in and be like, that's my place where I can, like, do what I want to do, make stuff happen, meet people I know, feel that Home From Home vibe. So, Joari, when you first came to Chapel, did it take a while for it to feel like a Home From Home for you, or does it now? It does definitely now because I've been coming here for about seven or something years. Yeah. And I will admit, when I first started coming here, like it wasn't as often as I came as I come now. Because if you think like now, I'm here like more than once a week. <laughs> and what is it when you come in this place? Is there anything about it that's like that's what makes it gives it that home vibe? Probably because I'm like getting to do everything that I really like. Things I probably may not be able to do in my like, actual own home. So I can't really like much radio stuff in my own home unless I'm like broadcasting it to you guys. Yeah. But like, um, it's set all the people as well here because I've met a lot of different people here as well, and I've like found a lot of really new friends as well. And anyone have any ideas, thoughts on why? And I've been trying to think about this too. Like, why? Because I know when I was growing up, there weren't that many places that are home from home like there's a few but like why there aren't more in the world or do you feel like there's enough places like that that have that kind of home from home ish i think that the th- it's toby by the way i think the thing about <laughs> homes away from home is a lot of the traditional infrastructure of it has gone like a lot of community centers and youth hubs and things like that they're a lot fewer and further between, I think, than when maybe generations before us were growing up. So maybe that's why there's less. I think, yeah, I think I think that would probably be why. And one of the things that's interesting, too, is like the possibilities. And this is where it gets into like wild, wide open imagination. Anything's possible. So I'm, I'm going to turn to Izzy for this about like if, you know, if in the future you could imagine like in a better world, a better society, other kinds of like home away from home places that might exist. Is there anything that would be like on the top of your wish list of like what you'd want to see happening or what you think people need? So like imaginary things. Yeah, totally. Like imagine this is like science fiction world. Oh, science fiction world. So fantasy like, I'd probably say like a kind of ocean kind of like thing, like a bit like like under the sea or something. I think that'd be really sick. That's so being able cool. to spend, yeah. Yeah, like with the fish and the dolphins and stuff, that'd be cool. Diving in. Anyone else up for that ocean home mm-hmm. from home from home? That's that's something possible. We should. One of the ideas, if we're doing like radio exploring of home from home spaces, is we should find if there are places where you can go, like, you know, if you want to do some deep sea diving in the North Sea or something like that. And I know somebody who has an expert at recording audio underwater, by the way. So if we get Izzy in a wet seat doing some deep sea diving with, with the fish... We can also record the audio. Yeah. Well, I like Izzy's idea of, well, let's say nature, because because I'm imagining a park with just lots of birds and foxes, because they exist in England. Yeah. Yeah. And just admiring the scenery and getting to meet new people. Or it could be somewhere underwater. Nice. I'm liking the underwater possibility. I think we may have to explore explore that. Anything's possible. We've interviewed ravens. We've interviewed pigeons. We can definitely do some underwater recording at some point in the future. Um, any other any other home from home places? Jawari, if you were like given a grant of like a million pounds and you could set up some home from home thing, is there something that you would want to make happen? Ooh, 
I don't know to be honest. I know it's a, I just threw that question to you totally out of the blue. So maybe if you think of something later, you can come in with something. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, excellent. Good. Good. And so, and then anybody else, just like within your family or friends, or do you know people that have like a place that they go that's like their their like place where they can find themselves and find some kind of connections. I know the earlier group had a few examples. Abril talked about her band. Sam talked about sports teams. Uh, we had a couple other examples. Oh, cars, buses, any other spaces, virtual reality, video games, any other spaces that could become like a home away from home. I'm, I, I agree big time with the, with the transport thing. Uh, I'll take like the car, obviously, yeah. But I also I really enjoy the feeling of being on public transport, which is a weird thing. I think a lot of people don't like it, but I find it quite serene and calming. And I, I think another good one is not in my case, but in other people's cases, some people because it's like it offers some sort of routine that maybe home life doesn't always. School for some people, some people hate it. Some people, it's like they they sort of and it might be just like nuts. There's like school in general, and then like maybe it's certain things yeah, in the school. Exactly, like yeah. It's the art room or the lunch space or like a certain place in the school. Like maybe school might not be so home home away from home like, but there's like a certain place in the school that is that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's true as well. Yeah. Jaria. In my high school, it was the VI room, so that that means like visually impaired. So it, where they like prepare all the resources and stuff. I don't know why that just. I don't know why, like, just being in that room, it just felt like kind of a bit like a home from home because maybe because there's, like, four other people or sometimes five that were, like, me in there and I knew that was, like, the one place where, like, we could all just, like, be ourselves because, like, out there, like, just people, like, they're always, like, when you're trying to use your cane and stuff, people, like, keep getting the way and say stuff you should not say, like, watch where you're going and stuff. And it's just like when you're in there, it's just, it's fun. It's interesting how that, well, one of the things that'd be fun to do is, because radio is what we do, right? Going out with microphones is to like get the sounds of those home. So like what you were talking about, about public transportation or the VI room, like I could totally imagine going in with the microphone and like you hear the noises out in the hallway and then I don't know how it sounds, but the door closes and you're in this different space and you would just like hear the different energy and then the conversations, how it changes. Yeah, yeah, and I feel the thing that is most similar, well, the most, the thing that most makes you feel like home is just the feeling of people and the people talking. Yeah. For example, public transport is just people talking, feeling like they're comfortable. Totally. Jory. But then I was also thinking one thing as well, like the whole public transport thing, because think about it, like it can half be home from home, but half not, because like, there's certain people that don't really like loud noises, and sometimes public transport can be a bit loud. But then like you can also just like put headphones and just, like shut off and just like relax. It's so true. It can change. Like I've been on the same train or the same bus, and like sometimes it has that great amazing energy and sometimes it's like a total nightmare so we're just about done with our home from home conversation so just going to end by uh saying that at some point as we start gathering up these stories we're going to make some kind of big theater production based on them so um just any any thoughts or questions on that or anything that people might be excited to bring into that and we don't know what that's going to be but we do know it's going to be 
some sort of big spectacular show that will happen at the end of the year that'll involve lots of people and as many different kinds of art as possible. Yeah. I've got a question, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Can I join in? Can I be so, the main part? Yeah. Totally. Well, we are going to talk to you. We do have uh, a resident theater company at Chapel FM, Elda, East Leeds Dramatic Arts, who has, have a show coming up, which we'll have to preview sometime soon. But totally, the Elda group and anybody else. Um, yeah. So it's still in the early, just hatching ideas stage. But no, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Stephen, Joria, <coughs> and uh, everybody else for, for talking about home away from home um, we'll, we'll be collecting those soundscapes of trains yes. don't you worry <laughs> and above all underwater sounds when Izzy goes Brilliant. swimming in the North Sea or some other <laughs> maybe warmer sea we'll see coming up tonight on Red Kite we're going to be doing Valentine's Day Gone Wrong I have to say I'm looking forward to that I think we all uh, we all are a bit of anti-Valentine's Day content um, but right now it is music uh, from everybody's talking about Jamie this is Wall in My Head on East Leeds FM. It doesn't appear that the the music is playing. Um, we've got, basically, the way this works is someone presses play on the song. No one's pressing play on the song. Um, so we, we I'll, it's just me. I'm hanging out. Uh, Joaria, uh, can we fade up Joaria? Joaria, uh, how are you doing, my friend? Good. Are you doing good? Yeah. Bit of extra just... content for you? Yeah. Right, Until here we, we go. Just... Everybody talking about Jamie, it's on. Just... It was something he said Something he said, his words built a wall All inside my head, just one little thing Didn't mean that much to him, but it keeps building and building and building This wall in my head This wall in my head Just one tiny thought it started out so small The thought made a brick The bricks made a wall And the wall keeps me down And the wall trips me up And it keeps building and building And building this wall in my head This wall in my head And here I stand with me feet Stuck to the floor left to sting those words are the walls that still hold me in and they keep building and building and building and building and don't fall i'm finding me 
Talking to Jenny Brooks now, who, among other things, has been involved uh, with climate action Seacroft. Um, how are you? Leeds. Uh, climate action leads. Sorry, I do apologise about that. I went too local. It's it's it's. it's I'm t- I paid too much attention. I went too local with that. Jenny, hi. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. It's lovely to have you with us. I'm going to throw over to James now. We like to start with a silly question. So, a question to ease us into the studio. So, you might just tell me you don't like what I'm about to say, but do you have a favourite ice cream flavour? Oh, well, I've got two. Can I have two? Yeah. Go yeah. on then, um, we'll let you yeah. off. Pistachio and coffee. Ooh. Ideally, very posh. In, the same, in the same tub together. That, that sounds like yeah. a very expensive ice cream then, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So <laughs> you've, gone, you've gone for the two most unique answers I think we could have got. Exactly. Then. Very fancy. So, so Jenny, what brings you here today? Um, I've been invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Great answer. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sorted. No. Interview ended. So I work for Climate Action Leeds, and this is a sort of a big climate action program across the whole of Leeds and one of the things that we have is eight hubs in local communities so there is um, a hub here in Seacroft and they're doing this fantastic forum tonight which is bringing together lots of different uh, people from the community who are doing things like uh, growing um, stuff and a community allotment there's a forest garden there's going to be a seed bank and they're kind of connecting with other organizations and individuals who want to make a difference for the planet um so what inspired you to like work for the climate action leads um well our world is facing um three massive challenges and climate is one of them social justice and equality is the other is one of the others and um I just feel like if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. So I wanted to be part of the solution. I agree with that. And I, I think it is, it is a case of just finding stuff you can do, isn't it? So I, I suppose in, in your personal experience, what sort of stuff have you lent into doing in terms of climate action? Personally, what have you been doing? Oh, that's a good question because you can do everything. So, you know, I put a pond into my garden and I'm anxiously awaiting getting some frog spawn. Please, frogs, give me some frog spawn this year. Um, so, can I, you know, supporting, my, <laughs> trying to, um, you know, support nature in my immediate environment. But then I do things like uh, talk to the council about um, their climate plans. Um, they declared a climate emergency, but what are the actual actions that they're going to uh, take forward and hold people accountable to taking? So I talk to politicians. I um, link up people from across Leeds. So, for example, uh, in Otley recently, one of our other hubs, um, there was a plan for a big development that wasn't very sustainable and it was going to wipe out a loads of um the natural environment so they did a really successful campaign there so one of the things i can do is say to people who are facing developers in other parts of leeds hey go and talk to the people in otley 
and they can tell you how to run a successful com- campaign. So it's all about connecting people. We're stronger together. And that's kind of where I get my energy from in this movement. Pass on the experience, yeah. Stephen. Why should local people get involved with climate action? Um, it helps. Uh, oh, that's such a good question. Why <laughs> should they? Well, I suppose it's about living a more sustainable life. It can, in your um, own life, it can make you healthier, happier. Uh, It can contribute to a better world around you and it can connect you up with struggles across the globe. Um, I think nobody lives in isolation. Climate impacts um, people in indigenous communities, in island nations, but also here in in Leeds, it um, disproportionately affects people who have got lower incomes and who live in, um, you know, who have... uh, insecure jobs or insecure housing so it's it's kind of about it's twofold really it's taking action for your own life to make it more sustainable and um, healthier and happier and it's also about helping out other people in communities locally and globally so a follow-up to that question is what can people do from home to to live this life to to live sustainably what is something you would advise them to do um i'd advise you to think about all the different aspects of your life so how you heat your home how, uh, what food you eat how you travel what you consume so if you consume something think about where it's come from who it's impacted how it's been produced is that sustainable but i think what's really important is often climate action is kind of um presented as individual action you know all you've got to do is um you know not use plastic and and that's going to be the solution and that's a really false solution because ultimately there's corporations there's government there's big business out there and they're the ones who have the real impact so i don't think it's about making individuals feel guilty or um kind of responsible we need to get get together and put pressure on those actors that can make a really uh, big difference so you've you went to cop 26 is that right i did yeah i think some of you did as well didn't yeah. you um and it was a really good experience to all of us that when i think we can all agree it was really um fun and it was really informative for us so i just want to know how was it and what did you do when you were up in glasgow um so i'm part of a group called our future leads and um we ran a workshop there called our future cities because we think one of the main ways that you can um make transformative change happen is at the city level so we ran a a workshop called our future cities and uh there's an organization there called our future edinburgh there was people from glasgow there and people from um across europe and further afield just sort of comparing um ideas actions challenges successes that they've had in their own cities so that's something that i did um, oh, sorry. Did you want to say? No, no. <laughs> Obviously, on. they can't see that you've moved your hand. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I ran a workshop. I went to lots of events. Um, I found it... I don't... 
you said it was a really positive experience. I, I found it quite a mixed experience. So I felt, found it really kind of moving and inspiring, connecting with other people who are doing climate action and hearing those first-hand accounts of impacts over the world. But I found the, um, the you know, what happened in the negotiations themselves pretty depressing. Mm. The kind of um, disconnect between, you know, the people who it affects and the people who are making decisions about it. And also the kind of feeling of um, a lot of false solutions um, and really a big, big corporate presence in those spaces felt quite alarming. Like, I don't think big, you know, petrochemical companies, pharmaceutical companies are really the people who are going to change the world. So, yeah, I, I, it was a mixed bag, really. Did you enjoy yourselves? Uh, well, I wasn't there, but, but what I will ask is... Um, and I was I was thinking along the exact line of what you were you were saying there. Um, do you see hope? And and if you do see hope, where do you see it? Because the only thing for me is, you see hope in terms of individual acts and, and positive moves that happen here or there, or little little victories here or there. But the broader picture, still, particularly after COP, is quite depressing when you look at it in terms of. The, the the negotiations didn't really amount to anything and the general feeling of sort of we're a little bit on the Titanic heading into an iceberg where do you see hope in terms of, of climate action hmm. that's a good question because it is easy to feel overwhelmed and and depressed about it I think hope is in um, people and in movements and actually I think although there's so much really rubbish stuff happening the whole time if you look at the language that governments corporations the media are using nowadays it's completely changed from sort of 10 years ago um so the fact that loss and damage and climate reparations were on the table at cop that hadn't been mentioned before so the whole narrative has shifted even five years ago, it was all about, is climate change a hoax? Do you believe it or do you not? Pretty much that has gone away, um, uh, except for on the margins. Everybody accepts the climate challenge and that it's an emergency. So I think, actually, you've got to look at this historically and go, it's still feeling really difficult and horrible just now but things are changing I feel like there's this kind of tide that's turning and we're all on the right side of that and I think hope ultimately is with um not to be too corny about it but it's with young people and um the kind of energy and enthusiasm and inspiration that young people can bring to to see the change because ultimately it's their lives that's going to be affected all this right well, I'm really sorry, but we have to put this interview to a stop. It's been <laughs> great. Having- <laughs> it's a sinister sound, isn't it? I mean, the censors have, have walked into the room. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, but like, yeah, it's been really nice having this interview with you. Um, and coming up after this is going to be a Valentine's Day gone wrong because Valentine's Day is coming up on Monday. Um, oh, but the <laughs> but the song that you've chosen is Pata Pata. Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah. Why have you chosen this song? Um, I just love this song. It's a great dancey song. And um, I had a civil partnership last year with my partner. And uh, me and my partner and my kids uh, dance along to this song. So it's just a happy song. And we'll play that for you now. Thank you, Jenny.
a lovely little record isn't it that's patter patter thanks for that jenny i love that uh, you're listening to red kite it is 6 21 and it's time to do valentine's day gone wrong abril are you feeling ready yes well it's as i said as in the last interview it's coming up in like three days i thought it was actually going to be longer but it's coming up and Huh. I'm not really full on this year, but it's, like it's, it's just... actual Monday. My partner's working on Valentine's Day, so that makes it a little bit easier. Um, Johan, um, which of us do you want to fall on our sword and tell a story first? Um, I will go for Toby. Ah, I've been stitched. This is this is this is a, a coordinated effort. All right, here we go. So, uh, my worst Valentine's Day story would probably be uh, it was back in the day. And uh, we're going on a double date. So it's my, my best mate at the time. My girlfriend of like a month. And when you're 14, a month. I was 14 at the time. When you're 14, a month is quite a while. Um, and my mate and this lass that had basically just asked him out. And he is he does not know uh, his way around uh, around the, the female gender very well. So I'm all fine. I'm chill. I'd been hanging out with this girl earlier in the day. You know, we, we have a good rapport. My friend um, does not. So we turn up, we go into the cinema, everyone's completely silent in the lobby of the cinema. So I, uh, I sort of turn around. What do you think I say to try and break the ice, Avril? Oh, God, I don't know. I I'm go, to... isn't this awkward? No one laughs. No one laughs. Oh, proceeds, God. Proceeds to get worse. It proceeds to get worse. <laughs> um, in the cinema itself, we're chatting away, we're being yeah. quite affectionate. Just, just chill, just chill. As a double date's meant to be. Whereas... My mate is talking to this lass and he is talking about superheroes. And then he takes out a game, starts playing it on his phone. Need I remind you, we were early teenagers at this point. We're not, we're not in year six. This is a proper double date. Um, and uh, the, the net result is we're all chill. But <laughs> the guy is literally just talking about Crossy Road and, and, uh, and who, who people's favourite superheroes are. And I'm like what do I do? And, and and basically the end result is it was just a, an immensely awkward experience overall. Can you top it, Avril? Can you top oh, that? God. Okay. So it's, it's not fully bad. So it was, this is in year seven. I had, you know, you have, you know, your start of year crushes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, sure, sure. The generic, the generic guy who plays football, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, you know me so well. <laughs> Um, and I had a crush on him and I was playing Truth or Dare with my mate and I said dare and she said I dare you to lyric prank your crush on Valentine's Day so I did and I was thinking what song though like because he knows like he's on TikTok as well you know baby, what song baby 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 ooh carry on <laughs> nah so it was some song that I didn't know but she knew and I did it and he was 
and he was there like there was a lyric in it it's like we say we're friends but i'm catching you across the room right and he said but we are friends and like and i was ah. like no i want to stop i carried on and then i got to the big question i sent a picture of myself which looked like an absolute state i saved it on snapchat and i look a state in it and i said in text like lovey text Will you be my Valentine? XX. And he <laughs> exactly that's and I and then he and then he said, Are you joking? And I was like, Okay, the lyric prank was a joke, but will you be my Valentine wasn't. It took him this was like what, ten AM in the day and right. he's, and I and he said, I'll have time to think. Bearing in mind it is Valentine's it's Day. It's Valentine's Day right now. Exactly. Okay. And then it comes to like four PM. He hasn't come back to me yet. No, uh, so he's I, not going to, April. <laughs> no. And then I asked him, I said, so, have you made your mind? He's like, okay, yeah, sure, maybe. So I was like, I got that as a yes. Got so, better options. Exactly. Wait and see if Jessica will go out with me. <laughs> and then he did. So then I sent him, you know, those stickers that you get on, like, Bitmoji stickers. So I sent him a little, like, happy Valentine's Day. And just to make things not awkward, I said, this doesn't mean there's anything between us, though. So, like, yeah. No. And then he said, And then he said, okay. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know. We're still friends. And then he sent me a picture, like, a minute later, not even saying anything, of him losing a game of FIFA on his <laughs> PS4. And I now, was like, now, what? Now, talking as a bloke. At that age, that was probably his attempt at flirting. <laughs> Genuinely, hand on heart, just a picture of what you're doing. That's yeah, as much as you're going to get. He just, he just sent, he said, I said, Hap, you know, we sent the sticker, Happy Valentine's Day. He sent it back and I was like, you know, this is a thing. Minute, we don't talk. I go offline. I get a thing up on me. I was like, oh my God, he sent some lovely dovey text. Yeah. Open it up. And it's him. I was like, oh, I just lost a game of FIFA. And they're like, okay, and? <laughs> <laughs> FIFA is everything. Uh, you lads got any comment on that? horrendous car crash you've uh, just witnessed uh, that was very interesting very nice end with losing a game of FIFA not even winning the game exactly it was like 3-0 down as well the other team won 3-0 it's, it's Johan the uh, the sober judge of East yeah. Leeds FM just well lads that was that was a, a whole lot wasn't it I don't even like FIFA no I hate it I think it's absolutely terrible then our paradise we mastered is better I don't like sports True facts. I'm putting it <laughs> out there. Right. Paradise Dream Master is a driving game. Although, if you send a picture of a game, at least send a picture of a game they like. Exactly. Exa- exactly. Like, it's, I mean, if he won it, I'd be like, if I actually cool. A, like the game, and if he B, won it, I'd be fine. But A, I don't like the game, and B, he lost 3 0 down. Exactly. So that just shows how bad of a player he is. I'm like, yeah, I picked the wrong guy. Which just means, overall, totally unforgivable, right? And I think. All we can say, you know, does anyone have any advice? For people, it's Valentine's Day on Monday. Any advice for the um, the inevitable disaster that's going to unfold in many people's lives? And, Just don't um, ask them. Um, Sorted. Never express <laughs> your feelings. Keep it all buried it's, under. I know. I don't know. It's just like, if you want to do the move, go ahead. But like, if you, if, you, <laughs> if you get heartbroken, like, yeah, not the one for you, I guess. Izzy wants to speak. I'm going to pass the microphone to Izzy right now because she looks very, very desperate. If you're going to do something, if you're going to ask someone out, for the love of God, please do not do it on Valentine's Day. It just seems ingenuine. Uh, The other thing, um, I'm sorry, Abril, but anyone who says, will you be my Valentine, is a little bit of a wrong one. Yeah. It has to be said. And the other thing is, I... uh, No, I won't say that. That was a brag. Um, (laughs) Johan. At least if you're going to ask someone out, at least check your stuff in common with them. Like, don't yeah. just go up to someone and say, oh, do you want to go judgment. out with me? The only reason I kind of, like, got feelings for him was because the seat, because this was in, like, COVID, so you weren't allowed to, like, move rooms and change the seating plan. So I only got feelings for him because I sat next to him, like, all by lessons. And I hardly even, I, like, I talked to him, but only in the lessons, like, sometimes. I just dated American chicks on Instagram <laughs> during lockdown. 
Like, space, there was no longer a physical constraint like because those, space never didn't even exist, couldn't leave the house. Like those type of ads, it's like Sarah's five miles away, that was your chick. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was a fabrication of my own sickened mind. Uh, More advice. Tell the truth about how you feel about someone. Don't lie. Why are the kids giving the best advice? I wouldn't do that. I'd be I, if I get rejected. That's why I said. That's why I said I asked. That's what because I went to another. I went to ask out. <laughs> I went to ask out someone, and before before I did it, I said to my mate, "Wait, pretend to play truth or dare with me, and say to ask ask someone out. So then, if they say no to me, send the screenshot to them saying, oh, it was all a prank.'" And he believed it, so I was like, sorry. Uh, my early teenage years. I do <laughs> not miss them. Uh, all right, we're going to play some music now. We're playing George. Why is George Michael on the list? I know we're playing it. Does anyone anyone put their hands up if they know why we're playing George Michael? Who asked for it? Me. I asked you for it. You asked for it. Why I... didn't you tell me? I asked for it. Were you ashamed? <laughs> what do you mean, am I ashamed? You, d- <laughs> you didn't tell me when I asked. It's... It's a really, I don't, I, it's a really good song. It's going with the theme of love, even though it's about heartbreak. But it's still like a banging song. Perfect. That's perfect. All right, here we go. This is Careless Whisper, and you are listening to East Leeds FM. Red kites on. Absolute disaster. Can I interest you in Spider-Man? What's your favourite superhero? Well, this is awkward. Will you be my valentine? I feel so unsure As I take your hand And lead you to the dance floor As the music dies Something in your eyes Calls to mind a silver screen And all it's
You're listening to East Leeds FM at Chapel FM Art Centre. Hello, welcome back to East Leeds FM. And before we go into this next feature, I feel like I should just say that jingle you just heard was a one that was created last week, I think, by Paul, one of our music people, and also broadcaster Izzy and James. Is that all the names? That's that's them, yeah. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so now we're here. I'm here with Johan and Callum to interview Phil and Lucy um of the newest show on Eastleigh's FM, Think Global, Act Local. So, can I ask where did the name for the show come from? Well, we had a meeting of various people who were interested in. Uh, uh, things to do with the environment and we all sat and talked about what we wanted to be on the programme and somebody said what we're wanting to do is think global but act local and I remember saying at that point that would be a fantastic name for the show and there it was. And that saves a lot of hard work because working out names for programmes is harder than making programmes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, my question is where do you get the ideas for your shows from? Um, uh, uh, being involved with Chapel FM we meet an awful lot of people who are engaged in various climate related and environment related things so we get good contacts there and just we get ideas from other people who are interested in things and even people who actually get in touch with us and say we're doing this would you like to come and talk to us so um the ideas kind of flow in. We, we don't have to work very hard to, to generate such ideas. There's a lot going on. What inspired you to start the show? I think there's so much happening in the world at the moment. There's so much concern about the environment. And there seem to be loads of different people doing different things. And we wanted to do something as well. And because both of us know how to make radio programmes, we thought, well, what we can do about the environment is we can make a radio programme about it and we can tell the world or anybody who's listening about all the things that other people are doing. So that's inspired us, really. Indeed. And the act of doing it gets all these people involved to meet each other. There's so many different projects going on, um, and we can sort of almost link these people up so that, oh, they're doing something like that. This set of people are doing something not quite the same, but there's a slight overlap. And because we end up talking to all these people, we can kind of join them up a bit as well. And it's really exciting being here tonight for the forum uh, happening very, very shortly from now, because I've already met a couple of people who I've only spoken to on the phone and spoken to to try and get things done on Think Global Act Local. So it's really nice to see them in the flesh and see what they look like. Are you able to tell us more about the issues with school uniform? Shall I answer that one? Yeah, you answer that one. <clears throat> yes, that one, that's, well, you must have been listening to the programme earlier today because that was one of the uh, items on our programme. And we had Rob Greenland of Zero Waste Leeds, who is running a school uniform project, trying to get people to 
not hold on to their old school uniforms that people have probably grown out of but not worn out of and to set up in in Facebook groups and in schools to set up school uniform exchanges and so just pass on your old school uniform to someone else which is great because it saves money but doubly great because it saves clothes and stops people going out and buying more clothes because we all buy far too many clothes and should be more sustainable and shouldn't throw clothes away and should save them and pass them on to somebody else and keep them in circulation. So I don't know if your school does a school uniform exchange, but if not, you should get somebody to start one because it's a fantastic thing and Rob can help you. And Rob told us that clothing is worth 10% of global CO2 output. So it's a big fraction of the CO2 that we're producing. So it's something we can make a lot better very easily just by reusing clothes. So can I just go back to what we were talking about before about all sure, um, as because um, it's pre-recorded. So as we're in like, um, how do you like, know what parts you want to keep in and what you don't want to keep in? Um, I can talk to this a bit because I've spent a good amount of my life doing editing, actually cutting bits out, but being told what to cut out by BBC producers like Lucy, who's a demon editor. She's ruthless. She knows what's the good bits and what are the bad bits, and she just says, hack rat, hack rat, hack rat, and then we end up with just the good stuff, and it's very nice. And I suppose because... um... I do my show like live. Like, what's it like doing it pre-recorded? Would you do it live? We, we I'm not sure we really could. It's we'd struggle to do it live because at the moment it's broadcast at four o'clock on a Friday, and Phil's at work then, and I'm working in a charity shop then. So neither of us could actually physically do it live. But I think because we're both used to recording stuff and then editing stuff that's why we do it pre-recorded because it's our comfort zone yeah and there are some things that we do like today one of the pieces on the program was me riding a bike without going on any roads from Crossgates to Garforth and back and that involves not just recording the bike ride um, but recording the sound effects, the sound of the motorway and the trains and all those kind of things, and building it all together into a, a piece uh, where it all slip, fits together really nicely. But the, the actual bike ride took me you know, nearly an hour, and we've got a half-hour programme, and I can't take up the whole programme anyway, so we, we have to make it much shorter in time just to fit in into the programme. What was the highlight of doing a show like this? The highlight for me is when you hear somebody talking about something and then you see it in action. So like in this week's, in today's programme that went out this afternoon but is available still on the ELFM player, we did a thing where we went with Climate Action Seacroft last weekend and recorded them planting a load of trees in what was some wasteland just down off South Parkway in Seacroft. And it was a real joy to go there and see them digging up these trees and planting them in what was just somewhere that had been neglected and used for fly tipping. And I felt really good after that. That, that was good. And what I, what was especially good, and I, I know we smiled when we were about 15 minutes into recording, 
they were so enthusiastic about it and so keen to tell us what they were doing. We didn't have to ask any questions. We got there, started the recorder rolling, and we'd recorded maybe 80% of what we needed before we even said hello to them, really. Um, just because they were so fired up by what they were doing. And, um, but like, if you could, like, like, do one thing to change, like, the whole, like, climate and everything, what would you do? Really good question, that yeah. one. <laughs> I, I I think it's it's got to be really what we're trying to do, and that's educating people, making people aware the size of the problem and how quickly we've got to start doing things to, to sort that problem out. Because uh, although I'm sure everybody in this room is fully aware of the situation, as soon as you leave here, uh, you know, is it 10% of the people who care about it? I don't know. Because, yeah, I have to agree with what you just said because like people don't talk about it unless it really like, fully affects them personally. Indeed, yeah, it's uh, yeah. People who are suffering from flood effects or things like that, or sea level rise, they're 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 very very aware of it. You know, there are islands in the world that are just going to disappear under the sea real soon. Now, they're highly motivated. But when you live a comfortable life in a house in Leeds, well, at the moment, uh, it doesn't seem a problem. But there's a thing called the lily pond effect. Imagine there was a pond and there were lilies covering the pond and every day the area of the leaves covering the pond doubled. Um, the day before, the pond is completely covered in leaves and is no use as a pond anymore. Half of the pond is still okay and there doesn't <coughs> seem to be much of a problem. But one day later, that's the end of that pond. It's covered in leaves. And the climate issue is very similar to that as soon as carbon dioxide reaches a certain level temperatures reach a certain level there's a whole load of positive feedback horror that comes out a load of methane comes out of the ground out of permafrost you can't stop it that makes climate change worse and all of a sudden you pass the point of no return and we're all doomed so we've got to fix it before we get anywhere near then <laughs> so this is kind of a two-way question. So, like, what advice do you have for anyone that's starting their own show, or like advice to anyone that's um, wanting to make a change? Anyone starting their own show, get on and do it, and get talking. And advice I give to everybody doing a doing radio, doing any kind of broadcasting: do your homework so you know what you're talking about, but just get out there and enjoy it. What were you most looking forward for tonight? Well, to be honest, we were promised very nice food from a new cafe <laughs> and we've not seen that yet, so that's kind of on my mind. I've got a cup of tea. <laughs> um, so for your show in the future, what are you hoping to like for people to get out of it? We're hoping people will talk to us and will tell us about their projects. I know there's loads happening out there. We want to get people on the radio talking about the projects, talking to one another and talking about the environment. Um, I think anyone has have any more questions? Uh, 
No, I've run out of questions. Um, Shall we ask you a question? What would you like to happen in the environment? What are you most concerned about? Um, well, I, I'm just really hoping people realise that climate change is a real issue and that it's not a small thing. And by the time we get to, to like 2050, things are already going to be really bad. But people say, oh, well, we could just recycle or maybe turn off the heating. But the thing is, those things don't really do as much as they think it does because most of the time recycling doesn't even go to recycling. How about the other two? How about you? I agree with your hand there. I mean, <clears throat> well, see, there are things that we can do, but then, as I was thinking, like, one thing that might work for some people might not work for some other people because I keep seeing on, like, social media, like, cause you know how they started doing, like, the paper straws? Yeah. Like, I keep seeing people on social media saying that, oh, they're not great for people with disabilities because, like, say for people that can't, like, like have that have trouble, like, moving their arms and stuff, like, they need the other straw to, like, bend them a little bit. So I guess that's why I'm, like, I'm not really sure because of, like, stuff like that as well. Um, yeah, because I've seen stuff about, like, metal straws that can actually bend. So I'm just thinking maybe that would be a more better option because it's also reusable so it's sort of a better from the paper and the plastic straws what have you started doing for the environment have you changed anything that you do in the last year or so um i've been going to quite a few protests recently the one in cop 26 and i think a couple of years ago i went to one in leeds um and it's just really they sort of just helps get their message out to people that's good sorry i've just spilt all my tea <laughs> <on> my jacket <laughs> oh we needed a microphone near the tea so we could hear it very silently though <laughs> um uh thank you phil and lucy um uh what song do you want well, we, Lucy and I, we, we've had parallel lives. We went to the same primary school. We went to the same secondary school. We played in the same brass band in the same secondary school that we still play in today. And then after university, we went to work for the BBC. So, um, Not in the same place at the same time. No, we have ever seen Lucy for 40 years, <laughs> but uh, we both did the same things. So it will be... Only fair to have some brass band music.
Right. Let's make a jingle for East Leeds FM. So, how are we making this ELFM jingle? Well, I think we just made one. No, I don't want to be trapped in this either. Hey, and we are back. This is unfortunately the end of the show. We've gone through. (laughs) I know, everyone, bring it in, bring it in. Um, We've had loads of fun. We've had loads of interviews. We've had loads of funny stories about Valentine's Day. And I just want to go around the table and ask, what was the highlight of the show? So, Johan, starting with you. Um, I personally think that Valentine's Day was gone wrong was the best one. (laughs) It was probably the funniest, but the stories... Like, I can sort of imagine it and it being a total cringe fest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I personally liked the interviews because they were really interesting hearing about lots of people talking about climate and their different views on it. That's all I have to say, really. My highlight was the same as your hands, but I'm going to say it anyways. Valentine's Day gone wrong because it was so funny. <laughs> I think I've got to agree with everyone as well. <laughs> All the interviews were quite interesting to find mm. out like what people have been doing, yeah. but the Valentine's Day stories going wrong. And Abra, that's probably something I could imagine you doing. It is. It's. <laughs> I. I regret myself doing that back then. It's something that is a guilty pleasure, and well, not a pleasure because I don't like it. <laughs> but it's something that I definitely regret doing. I don't know what my 10-year-old self was back then, but it's something that I don't want to be now. Um, so we'll have to bring this to a close. It's been a really nice show, everyone here. Thank you to all the listeners, listeners at home, and thank you to everyone who's been a part and doing tech in that. So thank you to Johan, Stephen, Callum, Juaria, Henry on... Henry on the tech right now and we've got James, Toby and Liz Izzy, not Liz (laughs) sorry Izzy we got Izzy and now we're going to go off to Climate Action Seacraft we're going to have some nice food so if you want to come along come to Chapel FM it's on from half seven to nine and hope you guys have a good evening good night before we go this is a surprise because I don't know but mum my mum has a company on facebook called vinyl lovers she does all bottles and vases and photo frames all personalized with what you want for reasonable prices so all you need to do is go onto facebook and look up vinyl the phrase well, they go listen to Callum. Go check out his mum's thing on Facebook. And as I said, we're going now, going back into chapel, half seven to nine, Climate Action Sea Crocker, and have some nice food, poems, and we're going to get stuffed. We'll see you all in the beer. Have a good night. Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more.